0: Project MKUltra was the codename the government gave to an illegal experimental program to identify procedures and drugs that could be used to extract information from people, and torture techniques that would be employed if information was needed to be obtained from a subject. They were designed to weaken an individual's mind to force confessions through mind control or erase memories if they needed to. The program engaged in numerous illegal activities. MK Ultra was concerned with the research and development of chemical substances to alter human thinking and produce truthful confession by captives. This project was deep in scope and very vast in nature including over 80 different institutions and 185 different researchers. The project also highlighted the effects of certain sociological and environmental factors that could spark social reactions. They use these methods to create civil unrest so as to employ more in and US troops within America and the world. There is a lot of information that I cannot possibly cover regarding MKUltra. It was about mind control and conditioning people to act as the masters of society so desired. Project MKUltra was birthed in the early 1950s. They have had over 60 years to condition us. And they still are working on us, through media, through the internet. Throughout our daily lives we are constantly bombarded by programming. How does mind control play into Jade Helm? Richard Helm, CIA director, in 1973 is the one who issued the order to destroy the declassified MKUltra documents. I urge you fine Americans and citizens of the world to do some research regarding Project MKUltra. You will find it most enlightening on our current situation and multiple threats that we face in this day and age. Do some research. Get involved. Spread this urgent message. We are anonymous. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. Word of...
1: Word of Wasson's discovery reached the CIA quickly. Dr. James Moore, a University of Delaware chemist, secretly served the CIA preparing deadly chemicals on short notice. Moore was instructed to get close to Wasson and accompany him on another trip to Mexico to get the magic mushrooms. Internal documents show the CIA felt a drug derived from the mushrooms could remain an agency secret. What in the world were they looking for with the magic mushrooms? I think the best answer to that is that they were looking for fundamental information on compounds that were would be capable of causing changes in in behavior, changes in mental attitude. Did you ever consider what would have happened if any of these substances were given to, say, unwitting people? I don't remember having considered that specifically I what if you I, I trust perhaps you've thought about it uh, well I haven't worried about it uh, I you uh, what your question again what would I have thought had I known that uh, the any of these substances would, would be have me. been given to unwitting persons uh, you mean a a hostile agent and of another government? No, I, well, I mean think testing. that was probably I one of the things they had in I mean mind. testing it out on an American citizen. I, I guess I must seem very, very cold blooded about this, but I don't recall ever having been very
2: much preoccupied with that with that issue. But no. All right, welcome to the uh, rabbit hole, NWCZradio.com's Down the rabbit hole. I'm Big D, and I'm Brandon. And tonight, of course, we're talking about MK Ultra. Last week, we went uh, into Paperclip. Yes, which led down the rabbit hole to MK Ultra, which is the the, the precursor to. Um, well, we'll just re- recap that real quickly. Uh, paperclip, post World War II. Yes, they basically brought the top minds of the Third Reich. To the United States,
3: yeah, and I mean, and one of the documents basically states that there was almost sixteen hundred, if not more, right, and that they brought over, and only like thirty-one that were anybody's tracked. been able to track and figure <laughs> out where they went. And uh, there's lots of
2: rumors about who was involved in the other, you know, non-tracked ones who came over here. But we do know that a lot of them dispersed themselves into the military and into various agencies of the United States. And one of the things that came out of that, um, because this was the CIA in its early forms, they had uh, taken about three or four other groups that were operating, uh, and then they formed the Central Intelligence Agency, which was a combination of all
3: these different groups. Yeah, I think it was a four or five different OSS interview. There was
2: quite a few of them. And uh, so out of Operation Paperclip, They started in the uh, early fifties. Yep. The MK ultra, which is what we're going to go down today. And we're not going to, no way we can cover it all today.
3: No, no way. And so
2: we'll, we'll talk about the, we'll we'll talk about the generalities in the beginning of MK ultra and we'll talk about some of the main players. And then as we go through this process, it's going to lead to operation butterfly and you know, Oh yeah. It goes,
3: there's so many, I mean, going down this rabbit hole, I mean it, it branches in so many different ways mk ultra leaves like you said in the butterfly um edgewood arsenal which is one right. i hadn't heard of until i started re- researching this canada um, yeah canada the, the canada play, played a played a part in this big role big a role a big role in mk ultra uh, and also i mean i've undiscovered i've
2: discovered and uncovered several other um ja- japan germany and the philippines were also involved in yeah. providing people as subject for this. And we're going to talk about that. But uh, before we actually get into and, and what we heard there was, of course, uh, that was anonymous. And we've talked about anonymous oh, yeah. before, and anonymous, uh, notorious hackers for getting in and dis- discovering information and, and putting it out there for the people. So I'm always curious what anonymous has to say about things. And then we heard Dr. James Moore, who was on hands involved. With the MK Ultra project, and I thought that was interesting because, and I recommend you uh, go find the interview. It's on YouTube and other platforms. Yeah, where they interviewed this guy, I believe he was a subject because watch him in this interview. He is completely disassociated. He uh, can't even answer the question. And if you watch the if you watch the interview, when the interviewer asked him about you know did it concern you. Whether you know what the repercussions were when you, it, giving this to unwitting, um, you know, uh, citizens, and he could not answer the question. He, well, and he, he flat out
3: says, "I never even thought about that." And like, how how did you not?
2: No, he. And then he immediately jumped into, "Well, you're talking about foreign agents," and the, and then he was like, "So what's the question again?" Like yeah. he couldn't even compute it. And then he f- basically said, "Yeah, it may sound callous or or you know bad, but you, it would never even crossed our mind." Are you kidding me with what we've uncovered?
3: Oh, it's yeah. really sick. It had to have. And I and, mean the fact that they did this, and most of the testing was on American citizens.
2: Yes. Ni- uh, I would say ni- a good 90% or, or 80 because there was a lot of people up in Canada have sued and won lawsuits over yeah. this uh, because there was a Canadian mm-hmm. psycholo- psychiatrist up there who was you know like waist deep in the cia and 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 running all kind of crazy tests up
3: there that were uh, destroying mines as well but a uh, lot of these other ones you go into they were our military was yeah the tests the the testers they found people in our military that volunteered for a lot of not
2: even there was i saw an interview with a with a, a soldier who was stationed in france who uh, they ran MK Ultra tests on him, and during the interview, and this interview was done probably fifteen, maybe twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and he, his, in the interview, he melted down. Like yeah. he, he, he could not maintain. Uh, it was so painful for him. He broke down, and he, he was trying to explain what was going on, but his mind scrambled, completely
3: yeah. scrambled. And there's been other stuff where they've talked about that where people suddenly they've tried talking about it and then it's, yeah, their brain has been so scrambled by all of this, how they figured out how to do it using the, you know, like you talked there about the mushrooms or whatever using LSD and LSD and mushrooms, hallucinogens was one of yeah. the so huge it, things. So it started love off hallucinogens. Yeah. I do too, but. So,
2: <laughs> so basically, uh, you know, uh, like a, a brief history. Of course, this, this is all started in the cold war under the guise of, you know, beating the Russians. Yes. And, and what the the, 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 theory was is they wanted to create these Manchurian candidates, these basically robotic humans that they could program to go do ter- you know, like horrible things, terrible deeds, and then erase them. And they would have no memory whatsoever yeah. of the, what they did. And then they could reprogram them. And they were basically, they just became human, like, AI machines. Yeah. And so they started off, uh, cra- so it was a guy whose name was Sidney Gottlieb, was the was the actual chemist who really, really started this thing and uh, got the go-ahead to just, you know, go crazy, basically, with his experiments. And his uh, he basically covertly funded universities research research centers uh, they use prisons detention centers
3: universities
2: yeah all kind of stuff and so it started with the mushrooms and then there's an interesting story about how they discovered lsd
3: which is amazing
2: yeah uh you don't think that the cia introduced lsd to america well think again oh yeah
3: it they uh so in um and think, a lot of these, too, so just so a lot of people know, this is all documented. This isn't us going on down the YouTube, you know, saying, oh, we watched two YouTube videos and now we're, we're experts. Whatever. Most stuff we're talking about is on the History Channel. It's in our U.S. government documents. Saying that this happened, this is our government has admitted to all most of this, right? And not
2: all, I mean, we will tell you when we go into theory, yes, because there are there's, there's lots of theories, there's a lot of theories. uh, because apparently it was supposedly shut down, but it wasn't really, it was yeah. just rebranded. Uh, we'll get to that, but right now we're giving you facts, yeah, this the, is the, all this is our not, government said, yeah, this is not disputed uh, evidence, uh, although got, they
3: did destroy they destroyed a lot of MK Ultra documents, tons of documents. However, they missed several boxes. They did. And because, and I mean, I, and the only reason I say all that is because I got in an argument with someone earlier this week about MKUltra. And they're like, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're going, I'm like, no, I'm a conspiracy realist. And I'm telling you facts. Go to the CIA's website. The CIA admits this happened.
2: Yeah. Well, in 1996, they had a, a, a mind control uh, hearing in front of, I mean, all this stuff was coming out. Yes. You know, they, so I got a little, I have a little clip here. So let's play this and then we'll get into the whole how, how the U.S. brought a buttload of LSD into the United States.
4: I'm Christine Nicola, born July of 1962, rendering me 32 years of age. I was a subject in radiation as well as mind control and drug experiments performed by a man I knew as Dr. Green. My parents were divorced around 1966 and Donald Richard Ebner, my natural father, was involved with Dr. Green in the experiments. I was a subject from 1966 to 1976. Dr. Green performed radiation experiments on me in 1970, focusing on my neck, throat, and chest. 1972, focusing on my chest and my uterus in 1975. Each time I became dizzy, nauseous, and threw up. All these experiments were performed on me in conjunction with mind control techniques and drugs in Tucson, Arizona. Dr. Green was using me mostly as a mind control subject from 1966 to 1973. His objective was to gain control of my mind and train me to be a spy assassin.
2: So there you go. That was that was just one example that we're going to give you more as we yeah. go further into this. But uh, from 1996, when they were having the, uh, in front of Congress, the mind
3: control hearings, because this people were
2: outraged when they oh, yeah. found out about this.
3: And it, it makes sense. And the reason why most people found out about it is that 96 was when Clinton uh, unwittingly, yes, unwittingly opened, opened <laughs> Pandora's box. I mean, he basically said, okay, all of these, you know, redacted documents, all these, you know.
2: Yeah, we're just going to open up some files. Yeah, no all, big all these deal. files
3: need to be part of the Freedom of Information Act. And you guys, everyone can see them, and these were in
2: them. So a lot of people don't realize that Sidney Gottlieb, who was this, uh, who, who was, you know, the grandfather of this, actually is uh, the godfather of the entire LSD counterculture. Most people don't yeah. realize that. What happened was in the 50s, and it was quite by accident, He, uh, there was a, uh, there was an underling in his department who discovered that uh, a chemist abroad had had discovered this new drug, which was given the code name LSD or just, you know, the street, street name LSD. And he, in the reports that he got, he, it was all in metrics. So Mm -hmm. he didn't understand, like, was it one kilogram, one, you know, you know, Like he didn't understand the translation. Yeah. So he thought he was bringing over just a packet or whatever. (laughs) Um, But what happened was the U.S., again, in the early 50s, paid $240,000. And they bought the entire world supply of LSD. Suitcases full. I mean pallets full. And brought it all to the United States. And then he began spreading around to hospitals, clinics and prisons and other institutions, asking them through the his bogus foundation, which was operated by the CIA to carry out projects and find out what LSD was and how the people reacted to it. And was he going to be able to use it as a tool for mind control? So how does this how does this work with the counterculture? Well, one of the places that was well known using it was in California. And mm-hmm. you have people there's there's now this is a theory that Charles Manson was one of them. This is not a theory. One of the main songwriters for the Grateful Dead was uh, was a participant. Oh, yeah. Whitey Bulger was a participant. Oh, yeah. Um, the Ken Kinsey, who was the beat poet who went around in the bus and uh, mm-hmm. wrote about the counterculture. He was a participant. And so they all and Timothy Leary was one of the doctors that got all this stuff yeah. and, and then you so, got the guy
3: that ended up in Georgia in the crazy demon castle but
2: oh yeah <laughs> right yeah that took I a year or so like whatever it
3: was like yeah. eight, what, what, how, how it was much like did he 1200, take 1200 I don't know it was a lot. yeah yeah
2: we the the corpsewood castle yes. that we that we discussed, that we discussed. He, he was one he, yeah, was he was one that got and uh, that's
3: how he got it was because he was part of that you know the the universities. That you know he was doing tests with LSD. That's how come we had so much. Yeah, Robert Hunter.
2: Robert thing. Hunter was the name of the guy. Allen Ginsberg was another one who yeah. uh, the the poet and um, who preached you know all about LSD. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, they bring it to the U.S. They start handing it out. Uh, Whitey Bulger, who happened to be uh, in prison at the time, <laughs> volunteered for it volunteer because he thought it was going to get him out early yeah uh you know and they thought he had schizophrenia and so he thought it was going to help him solve that which obviously it did not no uh in fact bulger wrote after uh, later he wrote uh, i was in prison for committing a crime but they committed a greater crime on me uh and towards the end of his life he realized what happened to him and told his friends that he was going to find the doctor in atlanta uh, who headed up the experiment, and he was going to kill him because it messed him up so bad.
3: And I get it. I mean, because a lot of people, I mean, really talk about how acid and LSD, I mean, I knew it as acid, but LSD really messed them up. Did you like, ever... T- have you ever taken it? A couple times.
2: Okay, I've never... I've never done hard I, drugs,
3: never... Uh, not I a had, big drug pe- person. I had a fun teen, some fun teenagers. I, I had a friend of mine who was really into it, and uh. me and him, yeah... We we had a friend who could get good, good stuff. Right. And yeah, all the time. My favorite was mushrooms though, because mushrooms you didn't get the same. There was some some after. Well, that's why they put. That's that why they pushed
2: mushrooms. mushrooms out right away because they realized mushroom had a limited effect. It wasn't very long. Um, it didn't have the desired results that they wanted because literally, what MK Ultra was was they they were a continuation of the work of the Japanese and the Nazi concentration camps. Yeah. Now that sounds really really like nefarious and and
3: terrible but, but that's
2: exactly what it was yeah.
3: and i mean they admit to that i mean that was like you know we talked about paperclip this was what came out of paperclip paperclip was the nazi you know scientist coming here and doing work with us this mk ultra came direct directly out of that
2: yeah because in dachau they used a lot of mescaline you yeah. know they, they were op, they were you know testing subjects on mescaline because uh, the Nazis were, it was twofold with them, which actually then became later twofold for the CIA. The first thing they wanted to do was they wanted to be able to use a drug to extract information from an unwitting soldier that they captured. Yeah. And then the, the second part of it was was to control the mind of somebody in their camp that they could send out who had no feelings, who had, he had one mission in mind, yep. accomplished it, came back, they... Or got info, got information from wherever they were going. Like they infiltrated something, yes. got information, came back. They would download it, read it, you know, have him recite it, and then wipe him clean.
3: Yeah. right. Well, and it's one of those things. I mean, really, it's like we mentioned, you know, in a, one of the episodes earlier when we were talking about, like, you know, Hollywood reflecting what is really going on but not knowing, or I'm sure they know, but whatever, that you see how many movies in the 70s and 80s where that was kind of the idea. Where there was people that was like, okay, we're going to, you know, there was the whole the hypnotizing where I could call and just say a word like, blathering blatherskite. And all of a sudden, you're going to take off and go kill your neighbor. I mean, right, right, right. And that's kind or of Or
2: somebody picks up the phone, they yeah. hear a code word, yep. they completely change personalities, yep. and off they go.
3: And that was kind of the idea, I mean, what they were going for with MK Ultra, and trying to do it with through drugs and, you know... Hallucinogens What
2: I found really unnerving about uh, the early stages of this, and especially this guy, Sidney Gottlieb, who um, was, you know really the, the, the head of all of this, is there was no supervision. I mean, he was given a basic blank slate to do whatever whatever he wanted, yeah, uh, and had a license to kill. Uh, he was allowed to take human subjects from around the world, the United States, subject them to all kinds of abuse, and even up to the level of killing them. And nobody was checking in. Nobody was looking over his shoulder. Nobody was, there were, there were no parameters involved. There was nothing in way of like safeguards. No, And sure people, people will, people, you're right. You know, you talk to people uh, on, you're on Facebook or whatever, and and you discuss this with them and they i don't know if it's they can accept it they something won't allow them to believe yeah. it but this isn't again we're right now not talking about conspiracies no this
3: is we're talking about what the united states did did to their own people yeah and this is all documented i mean if you go through it i mean there's you know they, there's documentation that not only LSD MDMA ecstasy which I didn't even know about ecstasy until I was in my 20s. So it's, That's one I missed. By the time ecstasy came out, I already quit doing drugs. But heroin, barbiturates, methamphetamines, and psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms, were all different things that they tested right. in MKUltra. Yeah. MDMA, from most of the documentation I can find, MDMA came out of MK Ultra. It was something that was designed by... The MK Ultra scientists—that somebody realized they could sell to the public and make money. Yeah, uh, I mean, I remember
2: hearing rumors, like when I was a kid, uh, conspiracy theory rumors that you know, oh, it was uh, it was the the CIA that brought in drugs to the inner city, that brought in you know crack, that brought yeah. in all this stuff, and you're like, there's absolutely no way. No, now I don't think they intentionally like unleashed it on. inner city but i think when they brought it over here and after they got done testing it they realized eh, we could make some money off this yep and they they or just turned a blind eye to those who stole the recipes and were you know like spreading it around i mean all the acid tests that were going on in the 60s nobody was checking in on that no the tune in turn on drop out and uh, grateful dead that's how they became famous was in san francisco they would have the acid test where timothy leary you, you would pay some money, you would come to this big room, drop acid, Grateful Dead would
3: play, and everybody would
2: trip out, yeah. and he would sit there and observe,
3: see and what, that, what went on. It. I mean, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, the reason why we had access to really good acid was because it was a deadhead that lived in the next town over. <laughs> it was a guy who traveled with the dead and done all that, pretty much found, got the recipe yeah. By oh, there, there's a with them.
2: Yeah. There's a couple of guys who were uh, really high up in the deadhead crew, not yes. the head deads themselves. Uh, engineers, um, mm-hmm. producers, uh, managers and stuff who were w- well known um, cook- cookers of this stuff. Yeah. You know, and
3: they ran. That's why people followed the dead around. Yeah, because they could get the drugs. And there was. There was a guy that was, you know, had basically, like, I guess, retired from all that, but he still cooked. I'd be curious what his name was because there, there's I, several I, names
2: I, out there. It's not a secret. You can look it up. Yeah,
3: I don't remember exactly what his name was. I know he lives, you know, here in the Seattle area. But, uh, yeah, he lived out in a, a... not. Let's just say it wasn't an urban area. It was a very, you know farm type area and yeah he made his own and the thing is is most of the time what a lot of people don't realize a lot of people use strychnine it's one of the main an agreement they use in lsd and it makes you sick so that when you come down the next day your stomach feels like you've been freaking kicked in the gut by a goat <laughs> but this guy whatever he did you didn't get that, that calmed it down yeah it calmed it down you didn't get that kick in the gut so that's why we loved his
2: Well, what I find what I found interesting, too, about just the general history of this was uh, how it all sort of ended. And a lot of people, you know, hated Richard Nixon. Yeah. But uh, when. I'm not a crook. Yeah. When Gottlieb in in 1973, uh, Richard Helms, who was the director of the CIA at the time, who was the overseer of this, who signed off on it all and was allowing it to go on. uh, He was removed by by Nixon and Helms once he was gone he uh, Gottlieb knew it was just a matter of time before he was out and all these programs were going to be shelved and Helms was really the only person in the CIA who had like full-on knowledge of you know what Gottlieb had been doing And they were all in files. Nixon didn't know exactly what was going on, but there were whispers of this stuff going on. Yes, and so uh, he dumped Helms. Gottlieb knew that things were uh, his days were numbered. So Helms and Gottlieb they decided and agreed that they should destroy all the MK Ultra documents. So Gottlieb actually drove to the CIA Records Center. And ordered all the archives to be destroyed, any MK Ultra records, d- completely shredded, burned, destroyed, whatever. Gone. Uh, that in itself should alarm every American citizen out
3: there. Oh yeah, that somebody has. I mean, even the president should not have the power to say, "I want all the, anything that has to do with this destroyed." Yeah, I mean, in any level. Yeah, anywhere. I mean, if you're in, a, if you
2: are just in your company, right, and you're yeah. hang you're a clerk, you're hanging out, and the boss walks in and goes, "Here's a ton of paperwork. I need you to destroy these. Uh, you're, you're not gonna like. Are you just gonna do it? Like, no, you're, 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 gonna, you're question. gonna question it. Like, well, what is uh, you know yeah, why, why, are these why, old why? files or are these yeah. like you know what's up here? Yeah. Uh, but nobody blinked, and fortunately for us, that uh, some of the records were actually located in other places. Yep. And so when, uh, you know, when the, you know, when it hit the fan, basically they, and these things were unsealed, they actually found, and there was enough to kind of piece together, but a lot of it, I would say most of it it was destroyed. So now we're left with testimony of people who were, uh, who were involved, who are willing to speak out uh, subjects, Although their minds are like completely gone, so again, let's go to the media. The media yes. immediately poos everything these people
3: say because they're crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. But why well, are they crazy? They're crazy because of what it was done to them, and that's part of the problem. Is is it's it's like we've said before. There's just enough information missing. Oh, there's a lot of information missing. That. People it's easy for people to, people to poo-poo it basically saying, Okay, yes, they admit to this, but you're reaching a little bit. Oh yeah, bit you're here. going too far. They would no, never do they would never do that to Do us. this, do that. Um But just enough of what they've admitted to. I mean, when you just look at MK Ultra and then all of a sudden you start jumping over to some of these other things that have came out in that, you know, Freedom of Information Act. There's some nefarious shit. No, that our government has done.
2: It's really, really bad. And so let's go back to uh, let's go back to this Gottlieb character, who was the ringleader of this entire thing, who brought the LSD over and then distributed distributed it to multiple locations.
3: Well, and everybody got it because I mean it's one of those things like, um, what Ken Kesey, the author of the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. Which you kind of wonder, okay, that that makes which is an amazing movie. If you've never seen it, get a great book. I actually worked in the place they filmed it. Yeah, read that. Read the book and go see the movie. One of Jack's best. Yes. Um, one of Danny DeVito's best. Yeah. Um, and I can name them. I mean, what uh, the freaking Doc Brown from, you know, Back to the Future. One of his best. I mean, it's an amazing movie. But he's the one who wrote that, and I mean, it explains so much that he was a volunteer for MK Ultra and did LSD. Um. You've got him, like we mentioned, Grateful Dead. You know Robert Hunter. You know Ted Kaczynski. The Unabomber is right. a confirmed MK Ultra participant. Yes. Um, in fact, many. Uh, yeah. So Ted Kaczynski.
2: Let's take him because everybody looks at him like he was just a complete whack job, checked out of society, yeah. became uh, you Why know he living, check out? living in a cabin, hated technology, hated everything that was going. You know, d- didn't read, didn't watch TV. Completely eliminated himself. Yeah. Well, there's many, many cases of these people who went through this, who have done. They just haven't bombed people. Yes. But they checked out. Why? Because in the media to this day, and we're going to get into that later with Operation Butterfly and several of the others. It's still going on today. And oh, they see the signs because they, their brains were fed all of this and, and they were altered to such a state that they they can see the messages that are sending out that you and I are receiving on a daily basis. Now, I haven't gone completely like non-electronic. No, I still have a cell phone, I'm not on Facebook. Um, I do not like being tracked. And, you know, a lot of this even plays into today with what we're going to going through with our states and this COVID thing, the way they want to track you, the the way that they want to follow you, the way they want you to register, the way they want to assign people to you, yeah. the way they want to arrest you, um, it's a it that's a lot of what's going on today in the media
3: and in politics is a form of mind control. Oh, it, it's a huge form because it's one of those things that. They figured out, I mean, through, you know, really just everything. I mean, you could say MK and all these crazy things, but really it's just people watching and psychologists. You can sit there and watch that you you can throw out information. I can throw out facts to you and someone right next to you in the exact same facts and you two can sit there will sit there and argue over what those facts mean. Yeah, what um, the
2: factual Yeah whatever the factual I've, thing you're throwing you know, out.
3: Yeah, because like I said my in my real life, I'm a, I'm a safety professional, and in one of the classes that I teach, they talk about you know something having to be 42 or 39 to 45 inches you know tall. But in w- another standard, it says 42 inches plus or minus 3. And I've watched people argue on which is correct. <laughs> and you look at them and they're like, you do the math, it's the 39 same. plus or minus 3 is, or 42 For- plus or minus 3 is 39 to 45 inches. Well, no, but this is the correct... It means the same thing, people, and you see it all the time. You give people facts; they're going to twist those facts to what they want them to be. Yeah, well, and that's why we're seeing all the stuff we're seeing now.
2: There was, and, and we'll get to this later when we talk about the uh, MK Ultra and the MK mind control is like really deep in Hollywood. Oh, it does. Whether it's through actors, uh, movies, and stuff. And there's a very famous clip, and we'll we'll bring it up in a future show where Roseanne Barr, who Upon getting canned from the rose her own show, yeah, for speaking out,
3: which is actually—I'll be honest—the show's better without it.
2: Yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> but they did an interview with her, and she was she was talking about how MK Ultra in Hollywood
3: is like the thing. The yeah. mind, MK Ultra and mind control in Hollywood is in full force. Oh, I could see it big time. Really seeing how Hollywood has really the direction that most Hollywood you know big wigs are not big wigs but the big stars are going you see like the well, direction one of the they things, want us to go it's like one no. of the things
2: that happened in mk ultra is they actually did have some some success with um some of their patients right they were able to bend their mind what if you've ever watched um uh, what what's the what was the what's the big show that was on netflix a while ago um with the with the kids in the 80s and and the one girl is oh oh uh,
3: the, yeah the upside down world uh, yeah I know what you're talking about but I can't think of the name of I'm it. drawing a yeah I'm drawing a total blank on it I'm drawing a blank on it too I can but, think of, her name was Eleven but I don't remember right the so rest
2: Eleven of is in that series is a supposed- product of MK Ultra yes you know they're they're controlling her the the you see her wired up yep and she has a, a father figure. In that series, which is the Doctor, the Doctor. Well, in in real life, when when they were able to split these brains, Stranger Things, by the way, oh, okay, was the that's name of that. It was, yeah, Stranger Things. So, um, in real life, when they were able to finally split the brains of these people and were able to um, create what they were looking for, and they were successful, uh, they had what was called a handler,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and this was somebody who was. Like a father figure, somebody who controlled them, somebody who watched over them, usually lived with them or lived close by, who dictated to them how they were to operate, um, dictated to them how they were to live, what they were to wear, how they were to act, and all these things. And like you said, a lot of times there was like a uh, a buzzword or some sort of word that would flip their personality. Now they never created the bio, you know, like the, the, the robot warrior that they were looking for. No. But they did learn how to manipulate the general
3: mind. Right. Yeah, and they did. And I mean it's one of those things, like I said, that's one of the things you see in the media now and you see and stuff like that. I mean it's
2: Well, right. And so
3: the point is the point close.
2: is is that you will see in um in in a lot of politics. And in a a lot of and now we're going this I will admit this is down a theory road. This is down a theory road. This is down a theory road. But you will see a lot of time in politics and in superstars, whether it be music, uh, entertainment, you know, actors, actresses, whatever, they do have, and there's some pretty well documented cases with with uh, a, a lot of the stars where they have what's called a handler. Yes. And this handler, uh. And, and we'll get to it later in other episodes where stars will wake up and sue their handler for abuse, for uh, running their lives, for submitting them to all these different crazy yeah. regimens. Sometimes it's their parents. Sometimes it is their parents. Um, down the theory road, Walt Disney uh, in, in, in Disneyland with all of their movies and their stars and everything. You ever wonder why all, you know, so many people who come out of the Disney machine have, who are kids, you know, like Miley Cyrus, Shira LaBeouf, yeah. uh, Britney Spears. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Why they have complete meltdowns and like completely go crazy at a certain point? Yeah. Because they're mind control. Well, the theory is, is they've the been theory. mind-controlled. Uh, and they've been, you know, they've been handled up to a certain point. And then, you know, after they're either no, you know, they either grow out of it or they they wake up to it or whatever. They they go crazy. They flip out and mm-hmm. they act out like a like a kid, you know, like like a teenager would. But they're in their 20s or 30s yeah. and because their handler either loses control of them. Or
3: the the brain changes, right? And or they finally just see, okay, wait a minute, I don't want. I need to break this mold and be who I am, and stop trying to be who you say I should be.
2: Yes, there's also there there's a, there's also that. Um, one of the things that I that I found interesting too was there was this guy. Uh, <laughs> this is another thing people just refuse uh, to believe. There was a guy who was given complete authority to run these crazy tests. Um, you had, well, Henry Williams was one of them. And, uh, but there was a side group called Operation Midnight Climax.
3: Have you, have you heard about this? Yes, I was actually looking, I'm just, I've got that up right now where that one, and that one is, that one's scary. So George White is the name
2: of the guy, and he was a CIA agent who was not your normal CIA agent. Most CIA agents came out of the military. Yep. They were highly recruited out of military schools. Well, George White was, uh, he was like he—he he was like a, a pimp, a drug dealer, a nefarious underworld um, figure all rolled into one. And <clears throat> the CIA, when they started this <clears throat> in 1955, they set up and it's still there, two two five Chestnut Street in San Francisco, and the, so they allowed George White to set up two rooms. One room was the test room, and then he was in the other room. And they had a they had a uh, you know they had the 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 one way or the two way mirror. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So he would sit on like one. Like was like an interrogation room. Yeah. So he would sit yeah. on one side of the room and drinking martinis. Like he would, he would sit there dr-
3: like a good job.
2: drinking martinis and, uh, hanging out. And he hired, uh, so they, in, anyway, in the other room, they dressed it up kind of like a brothel. They had pictures of like French can, can dancers. They had flowers, uh, lush red bedroom curtains all over. Um, they had like, you know, fancy posters and, uh, this beautiful bed. And, um, it was a trap. George White, who uh, he hired this Berkeley engineering student to bug the
3: room. Now this is 1955. yeah, and bugging a room wasn't like it is now I mean shoot, I could just leave my phone in a room that's basically right
2: or you can room. get you know the, the what's it called ring you know the doorbell yep. thing. there's all kinds of secret cameras that are pinned I mean th- this huh. was a big operation then you can get so, a teddy bear to watch your nanny <laughs> So he's weird. so he's sitting on the other side of the room. And he, would hi- he went and hired prostitutes. And he um, had these prostitutes bring the Johns back to the room yeah. and drop LSD in their drinks and watch and observe what they were doing. Now, they actually paid the prostitutes. Mm-hmm. They basically gave them any kind of immunity from any further prosecution. Yep. They're basically uh, any, any, and, and they told they have them... The, uh, find us and they had specific targets that they wanted to come in, you know, uh, and they were different just depending on what they were studying. Some were low level, like just, you know, dirt bag people and others were businessmen and everything in between. And so they would bring these guys in and (laughs) this guy, this guy was a jerk, man. He, um, he would have them basically give them the LSD and uh see if they would a could they have sex what the, and then they he would basically prep the girls to ask them questions and and they didn't think these guys were spies or anything but they wanted to get specific things out of them yeah they, they would study these people and and so the girls uh, the girls job was to give them an LSD get them into this sort of trance state and then you know have a chat with them and see if they would confess to what exactly they were trying to get out of them yeah. uh, and them unknowing. Right. And he had, f- he basically, this is what he said. <laughs> I toiled wholeheartedly in the vineyards because it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with the sanctions and the blessings of the all highest. So he was given immunity. He was given the directive to do whatever he wanted. Do everyone see what this does? Yeah. So I, 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 you know, you, you, we, we think about our government today and you're like, well, this is the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, you know, this, you know, there wasn't social media. There weren't, you know, reporters everywhere and blah, blah, blah. Do not kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. We all learn this stuff post yeah same thing with paperclip same thing with you know a lot of well obamagate going on right now you know Mm -hmm. uh this is all post yeah we learn about this after the fact so if we're learning about this stuff after the fact what's going on now what are we gonna learn in 20 years five years two years you know 10 years i mean years of covid was donald trump was elected you know not even four years ago and Obama was, ta- you know, crowing about how he had never had a scandal in his administration, which was a complete lie. There were plenty of them. Oh, yeah, they just weren't covered as well. But now we're finding out he's probably one of the most or if not the most corrupt presidents we've ever had. You know, the team that he formed around him, the spying that was going on, the Pfizer oh, yeah. report, the Steele dossier the judges he put in place, I gotta read
3: some more on that.
2: all the directives that he put out to spy on Trump and then create these complete false narratives that were out there. And everybody was lying to the judges, lying to the Mueller
3: report, lying, lying, lying. And it's amazing that it's actually coming out now. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it it usually doesn't come out that quick. Like I said, I've got to go more into that one. I haven't gone into that one yet. I've been focusing on the, the, you know these ones, but because that just broke in the last week or so, didn't it?
2: Oh, uh, it's been going on for a while. It's been on the underground. I mean, if you okay. if you listen to um, you know, a lot of the underground reports, it's it's been in the making for a while. But yes, it has literally broke in the last week and a half. Yeah. And and, and this is just this is really you know it's not part of MK Ultra, but I'm just saying the point is Our MK government. Ultra was going on. Nobody knew it was happening. No. Nobody knew what was going on. And this was going on all over the country, other countries funded by the U S and there were literally everything from street kids, street kids, young kids, little kids, all the way up to adults who were either volunteered or were in the army who were respectable citizens. And they were just mind effing them.
3: Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, you start going into you know, and like you said, we'll go into later episodes Montauk and all those, and some of the, some of the theories and some of the ideas. I mean, there's proof of Montauk existed. Yes, but the, some of the theories and some of the things that are supposed to have come out there, almost everything in Montauk is basically kits.
2: Yeah, Montauk was mostly the kids because they realized that with the what happened with MK Ultra is they realized that the that many of the adults' the brains had already formed.
3: Yes, if you can get them when their brains were still forming. Right. So if
2: you can disassociate them when they're younger and you can, um, you know, basically split their personalities and and then give them these these code words or these uh, you know personality words that will bring out these different personalities then if you can get them young and and again, a theory down the rabbit hole, apparently this has been something that the Illuminati has been doing to their own kids and to people for centuries.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and that's families,
2: uh, the the Rothschilds and uh, the Rockefellers, they've been doing this
3: to their kids for generations. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I mean, they figured out. I mean, even psychologists will tell you most of the time you get somebody who's a, who's schizophrenic or dissociative identity disorders, multiple, multiple, personalities. multiple personalities, however you want to call it. Most of those illnesses come from something that happened in your childhood, in your formative years. So if you want to turn someone, you know, into something, you really need to. And they figured it really out with psychologists and MK Ultra. You need to do it in the first. Really, like fifteen years of life. Yeah, and the it's earlier not, the better. It's
2: not hard to do. I just a personal story. I, I it's funny you brought up the um, the whole one flu over the cuckoo's nest because where they filmed that was at the Oregon State Hospital in Salem, Oregon. Yep. And I actually worked there for. It's no longer
3: there. The company I used to work for demolished it. No, the building's still there. They demolished part of it, but uh, at least they part might, of it it's gone. Th- yeah. But
2: it's but it, I don't know about maybe where they filmed it, but I worked there in the nineties and i've been back to salem since then and the building's still there it may maybe it's been upgraded it should be it was a it was a dump yeah but i worked there in the adolescent suicide ward and um, where they filmed that was actually over in the geriatric section but i worked with suicidal teenagers who were wards of the state it was a lockdown facility and we had three wards you had the a b and c the a ward was for young kids yes Uh, the the b ward were for teenagers anywhere from 12 to i think it was up to 18 and they were the ones who were uh basically general citizens who um they weren't felons the c ward were felons who had been arrested tried to commit suicide in prison or whatever and got sent over so i worked in the b ward primarily well there was a when i first started there there was a uh, you would go around and introduce yourself to you know, all the patients and uh, you know, try to get to know them a little bit. Well, there, was a, there was a gal who walked up to me at least six or seven times, introduced herself to me, and she was a completely different person. And, but when you're meeting lots of different people, you don't recognize it at first. Yeah. After about the third or fourth time, I'm like, haven't I talked to you before? And she had like six or seven personalities that were distinctly different. And now, this is a, this. There was no MKUltra stuff going on where we were, but she At eventually, Genoa. right? Well, she eventually got released, and I'll never forget this. Uh, she got she, she she got better, or they you know, they contained it enough to where she could go out into the outside world, which was rare. Yeah. Uh, she wrote a, a, a she was in a, a transition house, and she wrote us a letter, she wrote a card to the staff one time, and every single personality. Wrote in this card every all the handwriting was different. Like she had a little girl, she had a a twin, because she was probably like 16 or 17. She had an older, she had like a 40 year old lady, she had a tramp, she had all these different. And as when we opened this card and looked at it, different handwriting, different names, and it was bizarre. Yeah, I've never, I had never seen anything so uh i'd heard of multiple personality order disorder but i'd never seen that severe of a case now how she got it i mean i'm not going to go into it but it was it was tragic how how her mind split as a young young gal being abused over and over and over again by her dad and she had
3: to split herself to survive and that's usually what it is it's uh, like you said a child something horrible horrible like that happens and they split to to, right so this
2: is what they were trying to do with with they were trying to induce this with lsd with drugs and everything and i've you it's it's not hard you there's all kind of file footage oh yeah of these these subjects who are just out of their minds they're in fetal positions they did electroshock therapy where you know they put the tile in their mouth mm-hmm. and they strap you their head their down, head. shock the crap out of them while they're on drugs, while they're and and, and like from everything from low dose to like elephant-sized doses of yeah. LSD, and these people are and there, some of them you, there are file footage of them being interviewed, there's file footage of them in complete comatose states, and the sick part is there's these doctors. Two or three who are in their lab coats with yep. their with their little clipboards who are just watching this and taking notes, realizing that this person is in immense pain, their minds blown, they they, they they have no concern for what is the fallout effect of this.
3: Exactly. And I mean one of the big things that I saw in looking at a lot of this stuff and finding it is yes, there are some people that, you know, volunteered for these tests but i don't they didn't, know what they, were they didn't know what they were for. volunteering for they, it was not very well told what they volunteered. but there's others that were just it was random like the you know the you know the what the midnight w- release one or whatever it was called um, that one there basically it, it's th- those were unwitting victims those were people that just went into a room to pay for sex from a prostitute and they were given LSD right which, I mean, it's like, okay, everyone's like, oh, well, they shouldn't be doing that anyway. Well, well they called it
2: say. Midnight Climax for yeah. a reason because they were trying to seduce these guys into having sex with these prostitutes. Now, again, this is your government oh, is. who, you know, on, on any given day is wants to uh, get rid of, you yeah. know, prostitutes who wants to, you know, take care of uh, that the sex industry. They're actually now in bed with them. They're employing these ladies. They're giving them immunity from any problems in the future. They're uh, they're paying them to do their supposed craft. And at the same time, we have, you know, the government, the you know, the the congressmen and the senators and, and the women all yelling about, you know. Oh, this is awful. the you know prostitution is terrible. We need to prosecute anybody who is involved in it, and on and on. That's, and on the other hand, you have our government giving them money, yeah, and giving them contracts to complete immunity, and paying them to
3: illegally drug people. Yeah, and just random people, right? I right. Mean, it's right. not like they did. They pick someone and said okay, like Whitey Bulger. Yeah, we're I mean, gonna oh, we want a bad you, guy. We We're
2: want want gonna provide to, a you know, prostitute yeah. for you. Want, you, take you L, we want you to take LSD, have sex with her, and figure out what goes down.
3: Which sounds like a great weekend to me, but <laughs> not, not if I don't know about it. Um, don't don't tell my wife I said that. But I, but I mean there's other stuff. I mean, there's the Frank Olson. Did you read about the death of Frank Olson? No. The CIA was a scientist for the CIA? Uh, no, I don't
2: think I caught got um, into that.
3: Frank Olson was a scientist who worked for the CIA. At a 1953 CIA retreat, he had some, so a cocktail that was spiked with LSD. Jeez. Um, two days, or a few days, is what they say, a few days later, uh, he tumbled to his death from a window um, of a New York City hotel in an alleged suicide. Well, there was a lot of that going on. So I had not well, heard he about won. the Frank Olson case. He won, or his family won, a court case against the CIA where he got a letter from Ford and CIA director, William Colby and $750,000 saying "Are bad.
2: Yeah. Which is equivalent of probably like $2 million today. Yeah. Uh, No, there were, and and, you know, as we, because this is just the beginning of this series, but we'll get into the deaths that were involved in this and, 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 and the supposed suicides and, and these people who they bent their minds so much again, when they, when they started this, they used mostly adults, yes, because they were trying to create. You know, they they wanted to test them, and if it worked, then they were going to use it on in the military or yeah. in operatives, CIA operatives that were infiltrating the world. Because that's and-
3: what we've always wanted. We want that person who has no emotion, yes, no nothing that can walk into a room and wipe out twenty people and not care, or or even remember it, or even remember, or go
2: in as a spy. like They they really wanted women to go in, seduce spies, get, that's the prostitution thing, the climax uh, experiment. They wanted women to, you know, go in to uh, seduce a Russian spy, get a bunch of information from them uh, while they were intimate, you know, drop them some LSD, whatever, and then come back, report,
3: they wipe them clean, and then they're off to the next one. And Uh, then they have no, there's no no chance of losing, you know, having information get out there that you don't want to get out because they don't remember it. Right. Yes. Like the MIB, like blink.
2: Yeah. Um, there's uh Kathy O'Brien and we're going to, we'll start drawing some clips from her in uh, maybe next episode. She is uh, again, she's one of these people who was deeply involved uh, as a subject in the MK ultra and the mind control program, as far as being a recipient of it. And, you know, and then there's a few others who have written books about it. And we're going to get into those. The problem is their brains so scrambled that
3: in, in even I don't know that the, everything they're remembering is absolutely correct. You know, no. And that's where the big problem comes in and how they're able to poo-poo most of this and say, Oh, this is just, it's like, you know, the, the, right. They, because the, they re, mentioned date and memories. times yeah, the and memories. It's like, how is that? How do you know that's a real memory?
2: Right. Well, they will mention uh, Kathy O'Brien and there's another there's a few others, uh, but she's the one that comes to mind. They mm-hmm. will mention date and times or people who were at such and such an event or this thing. And then people go back through the archives and go, well, that person wasn't there because they were here and and then discount everything they say. Yes. Right. Well, if your brain's been scrambled and you're completely, uh, you know, the wires are crossed. Well, maybe you're mixing up dates and times, you know, or may, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, because it's not a doubt as to whether they were manipulated. What what the doubt is, is whether their information is correct. And so that's where we're going to have to sift through it in future yeah. shows. But um, anyway, that is basically this week's episode. The, you know, sort of the beginnings, the, the, the
3: beginnings the, of MKUltra's MK deep.
2: Yeah, so I think it's probably going to take us two or three episodes to actually you know, get through this and then go on to the, the branches of it what, it, what it branched off into. Because this thing supposedly ended in the 70s.
3: I don't think so.
2: Uh, and, and the theory is is that it actually never ended and that it's actually still going on today. Now, it might not be through the CIA, but the techniques were taken and moved forward into other things, such as the media, Hollywood, Um, big business, uh, you know, all kinds of different things. So that's where we're going to have to look at how
3: most things grow. Well, that's where
2: we're going to really have to separate the facts from the, the theories. Yes. And again, there's a lot of conspiracies out there about this, but the reality is what we've told you today. Yeah. The reality is it existed. It's a fact. It was done by the CIA. They brought LSD over here. (laughs) tons
3: of it. Yes, tons of they it. They
2: basically started the counterculture of L- So you want to talk about the 60s culture, how did that start? How did that entire rift start? CIA. CIA, no doubt about it. Okay. Although the entire 60s they had no idea what they what they started because the reality is in relatively small or um, you know, doable doses, LSD doesn't alter your mind, it frees your mind. Yes. And so, thus, you know, that the people were doing recreationally, and it freed their mind. And when it freed their mind, they saw psychedelic stuff, they started questioning everything, and we had the 60s revolution. Yes. And so, <laughs> the CIA had no idea what beast they were unleashing. But, uh, anyway, well, we have... It's going to
3: get interesting.
2: Yeah, it's going to get really interesting. So... Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Oh yeah, and check out our podcast. We're all over Spotify, iTunes, um, Stitcher, all of them, Stitcher, and yeah, everywhere. So type in NWCZs. That's NWCZ with an and then an S. NWCZs down the rabbit hole. You'll find us. I know you found us. We appreciate those who have listened in. And we're going to leave with, uh, well, putting things into perspective. Brandon, good times. Yep. See you next week. Watch your mind.
5: Hey, uh, rabbit hole. This is Puddin'. Uh, I'm going to be putting things into perspective here. Okay. MK Ultra. LSD in mind control. Uh, I call that the summer of 1983. I don't see what the big deal is here. Look, we had this kid named uh, Ronnie in the neighborhood, and he was always eating LSD. And every time he did, I made sure he had a bad trip. I would tell him his parents were divorcing, and they were fighting over who gets him because nobody wanted him. Uh, it freaked him out all the time. So, uh, and he turned out great. You know, I mean, he's got a great job, uh, makes a ton of money. He's got an ugly wife, but uh, you know, it's kind of been the theme lately. So anyway, MK Ultra. I don't know. I don't see the big deal. I'm sure it probably happened, but you know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us did some LSD back in the day. So, I'm over it. All right. This is uh, putting putting
1: things into perspective. Peace, love, and heavy beats. I'm out.